to the Open Book Podcast. I'm your host, Ren, and this is your source for all things bookish. Now, I am someone who loves a good mystery. I also love books. Therefore, things in literary history that are a mystery, that rhymes, um, are very, very, very interesting to me. Uh, literature has been such a huge part of the world for so long. It's one of the oldest things, storytelling, people that tell stories. It is something that has been happening since the beginning of time. Like it's just, you know, there are manuscripts, there are books, there are literature is so old um, that it only makes sense that there's going to be things surrounding literature that are a mystery. The inspiration for this episode of the podcast is that I genuinely think about, like multiple times a week, I think about the fact that Agatha Christie went missing for like 11 days. Like she just, she just vanished for 11 days. Um, and that's the first one that we're gonna get into because I think about that all the time and I think about how we're never gonna know what actually happened. Um, and it's just a really interesting one. And it's something that I think a lot of people, like I do see people talking about on like true crime, podcast I have seen a couple of Agatha Christie ones because she was fine like I just want to like preface this by saying she was absolutely fine um but yeah it it is interesting and and when I first heard about that I was thinking oh my god like people don't actually talk about that like a lot like I don't hear it in literary spaces I hear it in true crime spaces um and then it got me wondering if there were other you know literary mysteries so I did some I did some research there were a couple that I knew about that um I do kind of want to talk about I think I want to say that one of them Ryan and Shame did um or if it wasn't them, it was someone similar. Uh, so I knew about some of them. So here's an episode. I'm going to cover three in this one because they're pretty big ones. Um, and then once I've covered those, um, I can do a part two because there are plenty of literary histories out there. Okay, so the first one, like I said, is Agatha Christie, um, who in uh, 1926 went missing for 11 days. She just up and left. Um, and that's what's really interesting is that she left. This is December of 1926. Agatha Christie, famed novelist, she's successful at this point, people know who she is at this point. She goes into her daughter's bedroom at about half nine at night, kisses her goodnight, gets in her car and drives off. At half nine at night, she just drives off. And um, no one knew where she was going. The next day, police found her car several miles away from her house. She'd crashed it into some bushes. She'd left the headlights on. She was not in the car. There was nothing in the car to suggest where she was going or where she had been or why she'd left. There was no, there was no sign of her. No one knew where she was. So there was a nationwide search for Agatha Christie. It was... Bear in mind, this is the 20s, so there is no social media, there's not news, the same. The news does not spread the same way back in the 20s as it does today, and they, uh, there was a nationwide search for Agatha Christie. No one knew where she was, no one could find her, no one knew. And then, 11 days later, so on December 14th, 11 days after she has gone missing, she was found safe and sound, completely fine, in a hotel in Harrogate. Um, and she said she had absolutely no memory of what had happened and why she was there and how she had got there and where she had been in the 11 days 
between her leaving her house and being in this hotel in Harrogate. She had absolutely no recollection of what was going on and what had happened to her. And that was it. She just went back to her life after that. And that was it. Case was closed. They'd found her. She was fine. She said she was fine. That was it. No one knows what happened. There are plenty of theories uh, as to what happened to Agatha Christie. Uh, one of the biggest ones is that she hit her head in the car crash and had memory loss um, from that accident. But then that doesn't explain why she'd left in the first place. Like she didn't tell anyone that she was leaving at nine o'clock at night after like just kissing her daughter goodnight. Um, so no one knew where she was actually, you know, going. There was no indication of where she was intending to go. And obviously if she did hit her head, lose her memory, she isn't gonna remember where she was going and why she was going. Um, but it is likely, you know, she could have had amnesia. What then doesn't explain it is how she got to Harrogate after crashing the car because they found the car the next day. So the car crash was pretty quick in her leaving. So it doesn't explain how she was able to make her way to Harrogate because if someone gave her a lift, like surely would have found, if she'd been in an accident and she'd hit her head, surely someone would have sort of helped her seek medical assistance. Like she hadn't forgotten who she was. So if she did seek medical assistance, she would have given them her name and would have been able to say who she was. Um, so that one, you know, it, it, I can, I can see her hitting her head, but there's so many unknowns to how then the rest of the journey continued. So the next theory, uh, I can also see is very likely and it would explain how she got herself to Harrogate with no memory and was unaware of what she was doing. And without getting too personal, uh, I understand this because I actually have experienced dissociation myself um, and it is quite scary and it is quite weird to um, not realise that you've done something or to not remember periods of your life. Like mine is because of a trauma um, that happened. So there's like a year of my life that I don't remember, um, which is very strange because I still functioned as a human being. I still did things, uh, but I just don't really remember the fact that I did them. Um, so it's bizarre. So that is that she was having an out of body experience, she was dissociating, or she was in a fugue state. Um, there had been recent rumors that her husband was having an affair. So people wonder if that had been the, the trauma that had kind of triggered this state and then caused this out of body experience. It would explain how she was able to get somewhere safe and sound because she's still, you're still able to make decisions. Like you're still able to make rational decisions. You're just not aware that you're doing them, um, which is very hard to explain because I think people think that when you have an out of body experience, you lose all control. You, you don't necessarily, some people do, a lot of people don't, you can still be a like a functioning member of society. I mean, I didn't even know I was dissociating until like I woke up from the dissociating basically, um, which was very bizarre. Um, and obviously she doesn't remember some stuff. So yeah, so, you know, so yeah, I, it is, it's a very interesting, it's a very interesting one. That probably makes more sense to me because like I said, in the car crash, 
why wouldn't medical advice have been sought? Like, why wouldn't, if someone found her, why wouldn't they have gotten her medical advice? You know, and and the, the fact that they found her car so early meant that she was, she left the car pretty early in the journey. So I feel like, yeah, I, I could understand her having some kind of like out-of-body experience. There is also the theory that um, she basically just left so like i said her there are were rumors that her husband had been cheating on her and around this time um it is said that he filed for divorce so there is a theory that she just left um by her own accord because she didn't want um him to do that and was mad at him and basically wanted him to worry essentially um but she didn't anticipate the amount of um attention that her disappearance would have given um so she said she couldn't remember any of it so that is another theory as well um but i don't know how credible that theory is um i think it's probably more likely that she suffered some kind of like mental because she did write in her diary about there being like a period of sadness and something and that she's now moving on so i i wonder if it was something like mental um that was going on rather than just her leaving to piss her husband off basically um but agatha christie has now died she continued writing novels she lived the rest of her life and she died and we will never know what happened to agatha christie in those 11 days when she just disappeared um and i want to know i would i would like to know it's an interesting one um and if she wasn't famous um, and wasn't a famed novelist, we wouldn't have even known that that had happened. So the next one is Edgar Allan Poe. How did Edgar Allan Poe die? Who knows? On October 3rd, 1849, so we're in the 1800s now, um, a man was found lying in the gutter. He was in really shabby clothing <clears throat> that wasn't his own clothing. Like he was in a really, really, really bad state. The man that found him was Joseph W. Walker, and he said that Poe was in great distress and in need of immediate assistance. It was Edgar Allan Poe, he was the one that was found in the gutter. He had absolutely no idea why he was there. He had no idea why he was dressed in clothes that weren't his, and he had no idea what had happened. He spent the next few days in hospital, in the hospital, he had really, really, really vivid hallucinations. It was not a, like, he was not in a calm state. He was having these hallucinations. He kept saying the name of a man, Reynolds, um, that no one was able to identify. No one was able to pin a Reynolds to Edgar Allan Poe's life. So no one knew who he was talking about in that situation. Um, and then he later died on October 7th. How? How did all of this come to be? So newspapers at the time, obviously people knew who Edgar Allan Poe was, and newspapers at the time reported his death as congestion of the brain or cerebral inflammation. Um, but the actual cause of death does remain unknown. There is no official, like actual de definite cause of death. And a lot of his medical records are unavailable and were either lost or didn't exist in the first place. So it's very likely that we're never really gonna know the real cause of death. There's theories now from people like historians and med medical historians that say that it could have been uh, syphilis, um, cholera, diarrhea, epilepsy, rabies, some form of poisoning um, and or delirium. And obviously at this time, like in this part of history, medicine is still in its really, really early days, like understanding of these 
illnesses, these disorders, was really, really limited. And people did not understand how they affected people. All you have to do, like I have, so I have my degree my, is in psychology. Um, and all you have to do is look at the criteria for what would have put you in a psychiatric hospital back in the 1800s. And you can see that there was no understanding of these illnesses at all. Could he, he could have been having some kind of medical episode, whether that be physical or mental um, or both. Um, and people just wouldn't have known what was happening because medicine was so misunderstood and the medical practices that they had were not necessarily the correct medical practices to be using um, and to be finding out what was wrong with someone. There is another theory, uh, which I find quite an interesting one actually, is that he was a victim of something called cooping. Um, and I didn't know this was a thing, um, but it's actually a form of electoral fraud um, where citizens, just like any day citizens, would be kidnapped off the street, um, drugged, made to drink loads of alcohol, um, so they were absolutely like off their faces dressed in clothes like repeatedly dressed in clothes that weren't theirs to try and fool the electoral like staff basically so it looked like they were different people coming in to vote and they were forced to go in and vote for the same person like over and over again um and this apparently can be like could get quite violent um and this was something which like yeah like it could have ended up quite badly and people think that maybe something like that could have happened to him it would have explained why he was in other clothing it would explain why he was in such a different like a battered state it would explain why he seemed like he was having delirium if he had been poisoned if there was alcohol in the system like copious amounts of alcohol um then it would make sense it would make sense why that was the case but it is very likely i mean it's like almost definite that we are never going to know how Edgar Allan Poe died. We will never know the real reason towards his cause of death. Shakespeare's lost play. The history of Cardenio, and it's commonly known as Cardenio, it's a lost play. It was believed that it has been performed before by the King's Men Theatre Company in 1613. Um, but no one fully knows the actual content of the play, although it is believed that it is based on an episode from Don Quixote um, involving the character Cardenio, um, who ended up going mad. And the first part of Don Quixote was published in 1612. So the playwriters of Cardenio would have been aware of this story um, while writing the play. So they would have had access to the character. Um, so it is very likely because of the name and kind of what is... Uh, assumed that the play is about um is attributed to shakespeare and another playwright called john fletcher um and this is due to a register that was written in 1653 but we can't be fully sure that it does belong to shakespeare because the entry of this register was written by a man called humphrey mosley um, and he was a bookseller but he cannot like historically be fully trusted uh, because before he had used Shakespeare's name falsely in order to kind of like boost sales and popularity of something that he was posting. So it is more so 
attributed to Shakespeare. People do see it as Shakespeare's lost play, but we won't ever fully know. Some modern scholars uh, do accept that it was a Shakespeare play. They hold the play in the same category uh, as the two noble kingsmen, which was a collaboration between Shakespeare and John Fletcher because they did work together. So it's not, it wasn't uncommon to see their names next to each other. In 1727, Lewis Theobald claimed to have obtained three restoration era manuscripts of an unnamed play by Shakespeare, which he edited improved and released under the name Double Falsehood. Double Falsehood has the plot of the Cardenio episode in Don Quixote and it is suggested that Theobald was unable to publish the original script uh, because of Jason Taunton who's the 18th century bookseller and he actually ended up having the right to Shakespeare plays like he had a very very like strong copyright on Shakespeare's plays however that has been challenged because uh, Thompson's copyright only applied to the plays that already existed um, so not to any that, had, that could be discovered so if Theobald had actually discovered a Shakespeare play uh, Thompson wouldn't have had the copyright of it so he could have published it um, but whether or not he understood that or whether or not that was something um, at the time. But anyway, he could have published it. And Theobald had already edited some stuff for Thompson, so they worked together. So why he couldn't have given it to him, you know, that would have been a really big, like, selling, you know, if he would have been able to advertise something as the lost play. Um, so that's a little bit hazy as to why they didn't work together and why he felt he had to edit it. Um, and republish it. So some people think in that instance it is fraudulent and it wasn't actually a lost play by Shakespeare and it was just uh, Theobald trying to get a play of his own out there um, and trying to capitalise over this lost play rumour. The three manuscripts that Theobald said he had um, is unknown. No one knows where they are, no one knows what happened to them. Um, it says that the very existence of three genuine manuscripts of that age is quite problematic and Theobald was said to have interested persons view the manuscripts but then he avoided actually displaying them um, so then these facts have led to many scholars to conclude that Theobald's play was, was, was a hoax uh, written by himself but there has been some stylistic analysis um, later on in history as time has gone on which i do find really interesting that people are able to do this that has led to the conclusion that double falsehood was based on one-on-one -on -one manuscripts written in part by fletcher and another playwright but cannot definitely say that it was shakespeare the, the text does not appear to contain many passages that may even be tentatively attributed to shakespeare but it is possible that theobald so heavily edited to set the text that shakespeare's style was removed you know because we never saw it before it was edited we you know people are not analyzing what was the original if there was an original um and he didn't just write it himself but if there, he did find this manuscript no one has actually seen the one that he found before it was edited and published as an edited version a historian called michael wood um he has found some verses in the theobald adaption which he believes could have been written by shakespeare he also said that there's lyrics to at least one song by shakespeare's regular co collaborator composer robert johnson and they are related to double falsehood which does indicate that maybe theobald had access to a genuine text so yeah there is a lost play no one has ever read the official one if theobald's one is an edited one um it could just be a completely fake one so no one's ever seen this original one and no one i don't think we'll ever fully know if it's properly uh attributed to shakespeare it is widely believed that maybe it could be like the original not the theobald one um and it is believed that um 
it was something that he worked on with John Fletcher, but no one's ever read it and we don't know where it is. So yeah, that would be quite an interesting one for someone to find. Like that's something which could potentially be solved at some point. You know, with Edgar Allan Poe and Agatha Christie, they've died. Like we're never going to know the answer to that. But this one is something where like it could be somewhere, you know, but I imagine it's very likely that we will probably never know where it is and then the final one is the Vonich manuscript I actually found out about this really recently and this is kind of wild like this is actually kind of insane and this is a 200 page book which has been carbon dated to the 15th or 16th century it is full of pictures like botanical ones figurative scientific drawings castles dragons like it's full of drawings and it is full of a language that no one knows. Historians have been able to look at it and understand that it is a language and that the structure of it is a language. It's not just like complete gobbledygook, like it is an actual structured language, but no one knows what language it is and no one knows what it's saying. No one knows how to read it. There's no other record of this language anywhere. It's named after Wilfred Vonnier. He uh, purchased the book in 1912 um, and since then it has been studied by cryptographers and there has been so much stylistic analysis of it to try and figure out. Some people think it may have been written in Italy during the Italian Renaissance um, but no one knows. No one knows what it says. For, personally for me I find it really interesting that it has dragons in it. Like that is like, I don't know why but when I found out about the dragons I was pretty, I was pretty intrigued by the fact that there's dragon drawings in this, in this book. People don't know if it's like a fiction book because it has dragons in it. Uh, people don't know if it's like a script for a natural language. People don't know if it's a cipher and we just don't have the cipher like to figure out what the words say. Um, people don't know if it's reference book because of the botanical elements. Is it a book about like herbs and medicine? And people are wondering if it was if it's maybe about like medicine in that way. If it was written in code to avoid accusations of witchcraft, because obviously herbal medicine people using it were seen as witches. People don't know if it's scientific and what the science is. So there is so there is so many theories as to what it could be. There's also theories that people might believe that it's extraterrestrial or magical. Personally, for me, I never want to like rule out anything. Um, I'm not someone that thinks that aliens look like E.T. and are like walking around like that. Um, but I do think it's kind of a little bit narrow-minded to think that we are the only living beings in the entire solar system galaxy universe. Um, do I think this book was written by aliens? Probably not. I think that it might be something like a child writing a cipher or someone doing a cipher and it just being this cool little thing like people write diaries in cipher you know and it could just be that it's something like that and someone has happened to find it and it's become this huge thing um that we've just completely blown out of proportion because it's actually just someone's diary who wrote their diary in code so that someone wouldn't be able to read it and we just don't have the other half to decode it. We'll, we'll never know. We'll never know what it is. So yes, that is some literary mysteries. What do you find the most interesting? What are your theories about what happened uh, with all of these mysteries and let me know any other mysteries that you love, like literary ones. I thought this was really fun and just a really like cool way to discuss some 
key parts of literary history because there's some really interesting ones and I do want to talk about it more like there's a couple of other not not I, I want to talk about some of the mysteries but there's a couple of other like key parts of history um, and how it impacted literature so I think I might do a couple of episodes on those as well thank you guys for listening to this episode of the open book podcast all of the links to find me everywhere else will be in the youtube description and the spotify description um so you can come follow me there thank you for all the support on this podcast every like every follow it really really helps so i really appreciate it i hope you guys are doing really 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 well and i will see you next time goodbye